listening to Pawnee Public Radio. With your hosts, Hannah and Will. Welcome back, listener, and wow, you brought a gift for Will's birthday, which is Saturday, or if you're listening to this after we release it, was last Saturday. Thanks for bringing him a gift. Yeah, I I love it. I have the Benjamin Button thing, and I'm turning 80, and this is perfect, so thank you very, very much. Um, Happy 80th. Thank uh, you, yeah. Thank we're you not for being give a away, great co-host. We're not giving away any dates. If you want to know the exact date, you're going to have to do the math or wait 10 to 15 years for me to have a Wikipedia page of my own. <laughs> I can make you a Wikipedia page tomorrow. Okay. That is, that's just what I wanted. Yeah. It's a perfect gift. For your birthday? Sure. A 2,000 word <laughs> essay, but it's all on Wikipedia? Yeah. Co- co-written by, by the fictional Leslie Nope. For Galentine's Day, today's sweet, sweet, sweet little segue into just the the cutest little episode. Um, I'm trying on this new thing where I'm very patronizing to the episodes that we watch. I <laughs> no, really this belittle episode's them. great. It's sort of like the love actually of Parks and Rec. It's like a lot of different love stories told mm. in one beautiful woven tale yeah it's it's uh the oscar-winning film crash but parks and recreation um and and less less problematic uh, oh my gosh what was that series that was really popular at the Uh, beginning uh, 24 or it's modern love it was an anthology series oh like paris jetem Mm -hmm. um this episode (laughs) is like um it's like you're at a party and you're just walking from couple to couple, hearing snippets mm-hmm. of what's going on in their life. Yeah, and, and sometimes, sometimes you're being like, "How's it actually going with you two? And you, and they tell you a little bit. That's that's the equivalent of when it cuts to like a talking head, when you're just like, "Yes, but, are you, but is it okay? Are you guys but okay right now? How is it really? How, is it, how are you actually I, doing?" I like this episode. I feel like a lot of the things we'll see continue on throughout the series, mm-hmm. maybe originated in this episode. Some of them. The, you think this is the beginning of a lot of, a lot of very, very fertile parks and recreation ground. Yeah, it's we get the names. Sled. We get we it's get the, the beginning. Um, the uh, the, ro- uh, the are you trying to think Citizen Kane? A little yes, reference there. This is this We've is no Citizen spoilers. Kane. <laughs> Citizen Kane. Um, when it says, should I say what it says at the end of Citizen Kane? Is this too big a spoiler? It won't make sense. It doesn't even make sense if you watch Citizen Kane. <laughs> we're going to we're going to we're just going to ruin everything. Okay, it's in a this flower. Episode. And then what a flower isn't. Okay, we'll keep going. So we watched uh season 2 episode 16 Valentine's Day. We were talking about what the A story and what the B story is. Like we've talked about, it's a lot of stories woven together. Um but we thought the A story, which we'll talk about is the Leslie, Justin, Frank situation. Yeah. And then the B story is everyone else's little love story. Yeah, we're just going to, it's like, a, is it a, a French, is a French braid when there are three different strands of hair? Is that French a French braid? braid? There's like many different strands of hair. A braid has three strands. I think you're just thinking of a braid. I'm thinking of a braid. Yeah. And then two strands of hair is a knot. That's when you just tie your hair into a little knot, right? I'm new. Exactly. You could be a hairdresser. 
Yeah. Yeah. This year is full of possibilities for me. So, but we'll talk through, we'll talk through the main, the main, the A story. Yeah. Leslie, Justin, road trip, Frank, Valentine's Day. Marlene makes a big comeback. We haven't seen Marlene in a while. Leslie's mother. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, it's, we get, we get to see a little bit of the world. We get to see some of Indiana. Mm -hmm. Um, It's written, the episode is written by Mike Schur, which is always a treat. And a thing that I think is, is kind of wild about this episode is it started Valentine's Day. Which now is is as much of a real holiday as Valentine's Day, I think. There are cards. A national holiday. It's a national holiday. We did, we did Google while we were watching to make sure it wasn't started by someone outside the show. But it when you Google Valentine's Day, it says Leslie yeah. Nope created this holiday. Um, and it is. The cold open is Valentine's Day, which is, is it the day before Valentine's Day? Or yeah, it's February 13th. It's day. a good idea, too. I mean, I think it's... What a what a great holiday idea. Wonderful holiday where you celebrate the gals in your life. Yeah. You celebrate your friends before you celebrate the romance. I've, and for a show that's a lot about friendship, especially this episode, I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Have you have you consciously celebrated Valentine's Day before? Have you like had a yes, celebration on the 13th? But that will be revealed in one of the voicemails, so I don't want to spoil Whoa. it. Whoa. Whoa. Yes, I listened ahead. (laughs) Yeah. So if you want to know how I celebrated Valentine's Day. Skip ahead. Oh, yeah. No, finish. Sorry. (laughs) Stay here. No, Will, don't have them skip. Okay, skip ahead. The marker is at... No, I'm just kidding. Someday Um, I will make a choose your own adventure podcast where you can choose what time, you know, and like jump around. Oh, my gosh. Okay, if if that sounds fun, we don't know how we'd record it, but if that sounds fun... Come and find me. Come to my. Find yeah, Will. I'm. I'm not going to dox His myself, but it is... can't be that hard to find. <laughs> um, yeah, track me down and or just write me a letter. I think that's more letters. Um, that would be that would be great. Um, Should we jump into this baby? Let's let's jump let's jump into this baby. <laughs> <laughs> so we start off so with we, a Valentine's Day celebration yeah. at a brunch so place. And this is not the first time we'll see a Valentine's Day brunch. No, so get used um, to it. Don't worry if you're like, yeah. it's, it happened too fast. Be like, just enjoy it. It'll happen and again. And if you didn't like it, bad news bears for you. Yeah. And if you're like, who are all com- these people? We apologize again. These we are the characters in the show. It's not going to change like, anytime soon. If you were like, who are some of these people at Valentine's Day? Courtney, for instance, yeah. who got a 2,000 word essay, does not make a reappearance. Spoiler alert. But it's, I mean... You know, sometimes sometimes there's just a year where you think this person is my best friend and then the next year you realize maybe maybe not. You know, I think I think people change and grow and Courtney had to go to New York for work and a family emergency. Uh, so Yeah. You can't both say mad work at her. and a family emergency. Yeah. If you Courtney is really explored on slides and swings though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well she she's running from something in that, not running to well, she thinks she's running from something, but it really is running to something. It's a it's a real twist at the end. We all have our demons. Um, it's a great party, and Leslie, we have a little taste of how how much thought she puts into gifts that she gives. She has, yes. uh, you know, yeah, essays that she's written about each of her friends, two thousand, five thousand word essays. Um, you could use these essays to apply to a college, and she's written multiple of them. 
Um, and then she's also made mosaic portraits out of everyone's of their famous favorite sodas. It's really, really sweet and and really um well done. I think she really captured their likenesses. Um and then at the at the the end of this scene we get um the story from Leslie's mom, which is a romantic story and we think it's gonna be about maybe how she met her dad, but we realize it's about how she met this this hot lifeguard while swimming out um out in the ocean and fell in love with him, but you know, it didn't work out. She was too young, she wasn't allowed to marry him, so so she left and it, it was always this this story the that what if. this big what if, which we love on Funny Public Radio. Big what if. Um so once uh once Justin This is my favorite scene. Tell. The next scene is Leslie telling Justin and Tom about this isn't actually my favorite scene of the episode. I'm gonna <laughs> reverse that. But it's a scene I really enjoy. It's a good where, scene. Yeah. It's a great scene. Um where Leslie is retelling the story to Justin Thoreau, who she's been dating. And Tom and my my the thing I enjoy so much about this scene is everything Justin does, like Tom mirrors. It's almost like that mirror game if you ever played that in theater class where he has his arm up and legs crossed. So Tom does as well. And we're reminded that Tom is very much in love with Justin in a way. He wants to be Justin. Yeah. And Justin says that they should reunite Frank Beckerson, the long lost love, with Marlene, that they should find him. Um, you know, Justin Thoreau has has big big ambitions here. Yeah, and it and again on paper it's this it is this big love story. So he, you know, Leslie's been hearing this story every Valentine's Day for as long as any of us can remember. Um but Justin hears the story and he immediately has you know, he's sort of thinking of it as like a writer. Where he's like, "Oh, you know what would make this even better is if we have an ending, if we bring them back together." Um so uh, he follows through with that plan. He and does. He, in a very out of breath way, tracks down Frank. <laughs> it's a very much like Anne running down with a vial of blood to tell Leslie she found a date for her. Yeah, it's a similar energy, <laughs> similar similar vibe. Um, and so he he tracks down Frank, and uh, it, it seems like has planned out this whole adventure for Leslie, who is is also swept up in it, but is a little more apprehensive, even from the get-go, I think. Not being true. Uh, yeah, and there's, you know, she asks Ron for the, like, an afternoon off, which mm -hmm. she never takes. Uh, there's a very funny bit where they discuss if they're going for a nooner. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I love how Ron is just like, go go explain it to her. <laughs> He's, this is the first time I've uh, noticed Ron playing darts in his office, and that was big for me. Um Real office goals, especially working from home, I think a dartboard would elevate any any line that I'm saying to myself in my office would be more fun with a dartboard. You know, just punctuation alone. Yeah. Um, the other thing that Leslie's doing, in addition in the A story, in addition to um, tracking down Frank with Justin, is she's organizing a senior center dance. Yeah. So and she's multitasking here. She's, she's doing both. She's really yeah. this is the opposite though of her dinner party where she's really pulling it together very quickly. Yeah. Um she and we'll jump into all the little different parts, but she's got, you know, Andy's band Mouse Rat is playing and um everyone's volunteering. 
And she tells everyone, ask not what your old people can do for you. Ask what you can do for your old people. Mm. And Andy mistakes her voice as a Terminator voice. And With then Tom, in what right? Andy's outshining shoes. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's Tom. <laughs> okay. So Tom thinks it's the Terminator. This is a moment I really enjoyed where she then does a Terminator impression and Ron says nice and gives her a high five. Um and I just, I think every moment with Ron and Leslie this episode is my favorite. Like, we'll get into it when we talk about the B story. Um, or you know what? I think Ron counts as A story this episode since he doesn't have a little B story, love story going on. But mm. they're, they're Ron and Leslie's friendship. Have I ever told you that I think it's the heart of the show? <laughs> um, it's really, really highlighted how well he knows her this episode. Because usually she's displaying how much she loves and how well she knows the people around her. But I think this episode is him admitting or revealing that he knows her pretty well and cares about her as well. So, yeah. So so she's organizing the dance and her and Frank go off to find... Or her and Justin Thoreau, sorry, go off to find Frank. <laughs> Frank is in the car the entire time. <laughs> um they're he's not. He's not. <laughs> well, there's no way to know her for sure. Poopa. Her yeah. poopa. She goes off searching for her poopa. So she's also getting ahead of herself. She's dreaming what she's gonna call. And Justin this is guy. not stopping her either. She's like, "Am I getting ahead of myself? Should I call him dad?" It's subtly not the nicest thing that he's. I mean, he's he's already misbehaving a little, not really checking in with her, but. You know, she lost her father. She's now like, is this guy going to be my dad? And he's like, go, no, think think like that, which I yeah. think is kind of cruel in a very subtle way. Yeah, or or not so subtle. <laughs> just like follow. Like, yeah, he's just like not. Yeah, you're right. He's not thinking of her. He's already kind of like thinking of the story. Um, as, as we who watch this show are all very aware of. <laughs> Uh, they get to Frank, and we have. And here's the biggest reveal. Here, this here is was, really this why is, we do the show. My, this blew my mind. This next part, it blew my mind. When you, I'm going to give you full credit for connecting the dots here. Yeah, well, but, you can't see it, but behind me, I have a a wall full of yarn connecting Justin Thoreau to different character to the Marvel universe to different characters. I'll Leslie. let you explain what she says and, and the connection you made. Also, he, yeah, go for it. <laughs> well, Leslie just has a line where she wants the best for for Jennifer Aniston. Um, and she she warns Jennifer to stay away from Mayer? John Mayer? Uh, yes, John Mayer. 2000? Well, because she, she jokes. 2010, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. She, jokes, she jokes that like... You know, this Frank and her mom reuniting are going to be like Jen and if Jen and Brad reunited. They got back together. Yeah, they got back together. And then she goes, Jen, I just want you to be happy. Stay away from John Mayer. And this is where you blew my mind. Well, because as you and Rob told me, Jennifer Aniston and Justin Thoreau were married and then got divorced. So it's all. That's that was that was the big that was the big reveal. (laughs) Justin Thoreau read this script and said. I'm gonna. I'm gonna marry that woman. I'm. I'm gonna marry that woman that is being referenced. <laughs> well, we 
we couldn't get him on for this episode, but hopefully Justin will come on sometime and we can. Oh, I'm sure Justin Thorell listens, though. Justin, if if you want to come on and clear it all up on Pawnee Public Radio, let us know. Yeah, we'd love to. We'd love to hear your side of the yes. story. Yes, on a Parks and Rec podcast, <laughs> that seems like where you want to reveal it all. Now, now um, is the time. Um, I keep saying I love this next moment. I like this moment. I, well, you know, I like all these moments. Um, but the next moment is funny. They open the door, reveal Frank Beckerson. Looking who, pretty good. I'll say it. John Larquette is the actor. Um, he's very funny in this episode, but he thinks that Leslie is Marlene and goes in for a kiss. And we end with Amy Poehler shouting, no, Poopa, no. <laughs> That's Which, how act one yeah. ends. Both of them have made assumptions in this moment. You know, Frank has made an assumption that it's Marlene and uh, and Leslie has made an assumption that she's going to be calling this stranger Poopa for, for the rest of her life. <laughs> um, yeah. And we, we go into he welcomes us into his home and we take a stroll down memory lane um, and have some some explicit photos blurred out of Frank and Marlene's uh, romantic moment <laughs> not sex not sex well maybe i mean the one that blurred it's blurred out and we have no idea no, i think but they're just naked on the beach you think naked on the beach oh well, yeah there's taking a, this photo there's be, no selfie could be timer. An early, yeah with an analog i don't want to read too much into it but i think anything is possible i, I do i want to spend the next hour to an hour and a half dissecting what might be this photo i'm talking about like analog technology what could have set this thing up um yeah, but we we're, we started to get the impression that maybe Frank is is having he's a little anxious about the whole thing, um, and he might not be the most stable of interest to introduce back into Marlene's life. It's looking less yeah. and less like a Brad Pitt Jennifer Aniston dream re, re, reunion. Yeah, Leslie is starting to have concerns, but throughout it, Justin pushes forward and says, "Let's just get him in the car. Let's get him to this dance." Mm-hmm. And let's reunite them. And, you know, Leslie has been very smitten up until this point of Justin. You know, he's very successful. She says he's a lawyer, you know. And so, and she's in a relationship. And so she she goes along with it. She voices her reservations, but they get him in the car. And the more he talks, the more kind of confusing facts come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we start to fill in some of the gaps of his biography and we realize that you know, he he maybe doesn't have a lot going on. He didn't end up becoming a lawyer. He's lived in Panama, Granada, and Afghanistan, um, which... On he did a- serve as his own lawyer once, though. So, yeah. So, in a way, you know, we're being hard on him, but he's achieved a version of his dreams, which... Do we, do we know for what, why he served as his own lawyer? And can we please watch the movie where Frank Becker's in... <laughs> The spinoff film. Yeah, the better call, Frank. (laughs) What if she's judging this moment? What if it's like a great moment in a film, like a Rudy-esque moment where he stands up and goes, I'll be my own lawyer. And he it's just a brilliant thing in a feel-good film that's just being boiled down to a misunderstanding in this moment. Yeah, I I think based off of the evidence we have so far, her read on it is pretty accurate. Okay, so yeah, he they have to pull over the car. He runs out. He tries to he's escape very, from this romantic reunion. 
Um, they capture Justin. him. He, he cries himself to sleep in the back. <laughs> There's a lot of. It's a lot. It's for yeah. uh, you know what I like about. I love when episodes when the A story is really or the B story is very over the top, and then one is very subtle. So this one is pretty over the top. We've mm-hmm. got a a big guest star character. We have escapes we have drives we have kisses and then the b story as we'll talk about is a lot of very small subtle things and moments mm-hmm. um, yeah but they get to the dance they do it they make it there they make it in it as soon as they arrive i mean instead of like a series of red flags it's like uh i don't know if you've ever seen a, a like a soccer referee when the ball goes out of bound and and maybe the main referee doesn't notice it. It's like those amounts of red flags. It's just like, yes, it's like a ref has been constantly it's your classic soccer referee. It's a classic and soccer referee. So no Leslie, one has noticed the ball is out of bounds. Le- yeah. Yeah. Leslie pulls Justin aside and, and finally sets, you know, sets her foot on the ground. Well, you know, sets her foot down. What is the experience? You put your foot down. I think put she's your starting, foot down. Yeah, there she's beginning to put her foot down. Sets her foot down. She puts her. No, no, not beginning. I feel like <laughs> she goes, no, we're not doing this. This is not okay. But they, she had pulled Justin Thoreau. And by the way, this is really Justin Thoreau in the episode. He's playing Justin Thoreau, movie star. She pulls Justin <laughs> Thoreau aside and says, I'm not doing this. But at that point, Frank has escaped out of the car and run into the dance. He, yeah. I feel like right Escape at the moment two. she puts her foot down, he escapes. Yeah, we see him in the background, beautifully shot, excellent cinematography. Mm-hmm. Frank makes it away, and there, and it feels kind of like Justin is is stalling, and and that's you know that's when the ref maybe shifts his attention from Frank and starts waving his flags about. So you Justin. think Ju- you think Justin in the corner of his eye saw Frank escaping and was like, "I'm gonna." No, but I think he. I don't think he's complicit in that. As okay. much in that way. I was going to say. No, no, no. She does I, tell her to relax. And yeah, my yarn wall doesn't is, include that. But yeah. But he isn't, he isn't listening to her. He has his, he wants to like finish his, accomplish his plan instead of take care of Leslie. Right. Which and could be they, a problem. <laughs> it, it could be. Um, so they get in the dance and Leslie basically immediately tries to go up to her mom and warn her, get her out of there. But I've, it's too late. I feel like what we know of her mom, if anyone can take care of herself and, and you know, put it's up some Marley defenses. No, yeah. She's, she's a tough cookie. Um, but so is Leslie, and Leslie protects the people she loves, so. Yeah. No, she's she's just trying to do the right thing after realizing like, that maybe she's mother and made a daughter. Goof. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and they lock eyes from across the room. And everything, for a moment, melts away. She hands her heart cookie to Leslie in like a trance. Marlene and Frank lock eyes. He's the young lifeguard again. She's she's young Marlene. Marlene. Marmar. Whatever. Marmar and Frankie Frank. <laughs> Probably Marley. And li- Marley and, then- and lifeguard Frank. And then they just do it on the <laughs> dance floor. <laughs> If you're interested in more of our writing, we do do a little fanfic prep before yeah. every episode. And this week's episode was the easiest Raunchy. one to write. <laughs> uh, they Frank very much wants to pick up where they left off. Um, and Marlene, after a quick fact-finding conversation, does not. <laughs> I, you know, it's what you just said. If anyone yeah. can handle herself, it's M- Marlene. Like, she's just as astute as Leslie. 
She's really sharp. Um, I'd say Leslie operates a little bit more from a place of empathy. You know, you can see how Leslie came from her mom. But, yeah, she picks up on the fact that um, he's a little um, not her soulmate. Yeah. That that the and I think too that the idealized version that she's had of him for all these years, it was much better than than the reality, and that that relationship wasn't meant to be any more than a summer fling on the beach. Um, I do like when she's asking him kind of like what he's been up to, and he says, you know, after after you left, after I I mm. I worked in a in a grocery store, um, and now forty years later. I'm unemployed. <laughs> he just doesn't sell himself well. She, He asks her if she wants to pick up where they left off. She's surprised, goes, are you serious? He goes, serious as a heart attack, of which I've had four. Which is not even, you know, a bad fact. It's just really the, the, the way he uh, pitches himself, I think, could use some work. Yeah, and I, I think... The just general impression is like, oh, maybe this was also the best thing that ever happened to him. Or not also, but for him, it was like, this was the high point. And it, it's kind of been downhill from... I guess her parents <laughs> were right. <laughs> who knows? I mean, who young. knows what could have been different if they had if they had stuck it out and just gone for it. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. We see Marlene heading out. And we assume that that means that it didn't work out. And yes. Leslie checks in and with Leslie her. Leslie checks, yeah. Good kid. You're good a good kid, Marlene. Kid. Yeah, good kid. And but you just know this show doesn't go. It doesn't quit <laughs> right when we think we're gonna have a nice episode where it's just a sweet conversation between a mom and her daughter. Boom! Frank interrupts the whole thing uh, with what could be a big romantic gesture and which turns into him just saying, Marlene, you blew it. Uh, he makes some excellent old man noises into the microphone at the top of this thing. He does a little curtsy with his suit coat. If you're just relying on me to describe it, again, can't recommend highly enough that you go back and you actually watch this part of the episode. Frank does a great job. Or get your hands on this video of the podcast recording as Will is doing it right now. He's thrusting, he's lifting <laughs> up his coat. Will, I see it both on TV and in the, the video chat. Listen, when you've when you've been around as long as I have, 80 years, you, these things, you know, I've been working in this industry for a long time. Still no Wikipedia page. Um, uh, next comes my favorite part of the, the A story, though. Oh, take that it. I've hit, take I hinted it. at earlier. Yeah. No more so hinting. So, Leslie, yeah. you know, Leslie, uh, Marlene can handle, handle herself, but Leslie is upset, and she's sitting at the table. Um, Justin is retelling the story of what happened about Frank and the running to, you know, the office gang, and Ron is the only one who's not laughing, and he goes, well, what did Leslie think? And Justin goes, I don't know. She got lost in the shuffle. And that's when Ron joins Leslie at the table. And the heart of the show <laughs> beats. Um, she's just, she starts talking. She goes, he's a lawyer. He's successful. Handsome. I don't know if she said handsome, but it's implied. It's Justin Thoreau. Yeah, sure. And she doesn't know why she doesn't like him. And here we have this, this moment where as much as 
Leslie is constantly loving her friends. And as much as her friends say that no one can love as hard as Leslie, we see how much someone like Ron cares about her. And he says that Justin is a story collector. It's all about collecting the stories. And at the end of the day, he's selfish. And Leslie is not. And that is why Leslie will never actually like him. And it's such a... Well, he calls him a, a tourist, easy, which I yes, love. Yes, a tourist. Yeah. I love that. But but what I love more than the way he's describing Justin is the way he knows that Leslie is selfless and just in a very simple way knows what she deserves and know, knows what she likes and would like and knows who she is. And, you know, actually, I'm thinking about this now for a character who lost her father when she was young. And this will come up later in the series. I won't spoil it. Ron is, in a way, a father figure to her in an episode where th- we're remind where she's been she spent the episode getting her hopes up about a father figure in Frank. And then through that experience, her actual father figure is highlighted. Mm. Oh, whoa. <laughs> I'm not woeing at my own thought. I'm woeing at what the episode did. I just realized this. Yeah. She's getting her hopes up for this poopah because it's not just the hopes of reuniting Marlene with Frank. It's the hope of, I'll call him poopah. I'll call him pop. And here she is at the end of the episode and her metaphorical father figure comes in and knows her and loves her and knows that why she's upset about the situation. Maybe the real Poopa was sitting across from her in his office the whole time. I think Rod would love being called Poopa. <laughs> yeah, someday someday no doubt he will be. Um it's a it's a very uh yeah, it's a genuinely sweet sweet moment between these two characters. And I and I think there's something more <laughs> You know, Justin Thoreau's character is described as a as a tourist and someone who's just collecting stories. And in the context of a show like Parks and Rec, it is funny on like kind of the meta level that a story does happen to Leslie every episode <laughs> and that <laughs> she's someone who creates a lot of stories. And the difference, I think, is in in what your, you know, your perspective and intention is uh, is such uh such a crucial part of how you are as a person. But <laughs> Parks and Rec, yeah. the reason like I always return to it is not to h- see the story of what's Leslie gonna get into. Like that's fun, but you you tune you tune into Parks and Rec because it's a it's a show about people caring about each other. And so Justin coming in and being just about the story and not about the caring about other people mm. really sticks out. In a in a show like Parks and Rec, and I think you you see him as as he's you know pushing. He's trying he's trying to make things happen instead of wanting to actually be a part of the story, which I think is like the tourist part of him. Um, yeah, yeah. It's honestly, it's to me, it's the it's the Ron and Leslie heartfelt actual. F- father daughter and i'm not just pulling this out of my ass there is a few there are future episodes where their friendship being also a bit father daughter-esque is highlighted um but i really like this episode and the the end of this the a story is leslie has broken up with justin Mm -hmm. and (laughs) justin (laughs) is consoling tom yeah it it 
uh, we're not, you know, Justin is saying we can still be friends. Um, and we think maybe it's going to be Leslie. And then it, it sort of switches into what feels like a conversation a father would have with, uh, with maybe like stepchildren yeah. post-divorce or something. <laughs> um, and then he he's like, I'll buy you a pocket square, though. Yeah, yeah. And we get a great <laughs> button of April looking into the camera going, what? Yeah, a lot of good, a lot of crucial lot April of looks what? in this app. Oh, April does a lot with little glances. Yeah. Yeah. Especially a lot, in a lot. These early seasons. Her very own B story. All right, let's get to the B story. Now, as we said earlier, the B story we think is the collection of mm-hmm. the anthology love of love actually, stories. Actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The love actually esque um tale of love stories. Um where just to list off who we'll be chatting about, we've got April and Andy. We've got Mark and Anne. We've got uh, April and her boyfriends. We have Anne and Andy remembering that. We've got we Andy and, the, and the older woman oh. at the end who's a big fan. You know, it's really yes. everyone gets a shot at love in this episode. Um. And it all begins with the gift of a towel, a simple towel from Anne to Mark for Valentine's Day. It sounds like she's yeah, gotten him a lot of like travel basics, essentials, yeah, towels, so shampoo. So he comes in very excited being like, you're the best girlfriend because apparently she says in a talking head, he doesn't even, he doesn't have human people stuff like shampoo. And this... As a person who uses mainly conditioner, I don't think this is what she meant. I think he doesn't – I don't understand how he doesn't have shampoo. And this is also not the place the character, I feel like, started at in their relationship. Like, to me, she left Andy, who she really took care of. And I feel like this is, at least at the end of this, mirroring that. But at the beginning, the whole point was he is an adult. He comes over to fix things. Like, he – and now it sort of devolves into yeah. Maybe he's a failed architect because he he doesn't know that you're supposed to put stuff inside of houses, and so he just doesn't have anything inside of his house. You know, it's how does Mark Brandanowitz not have shampoo? Can someone let me know this? Like, because it doesn't. It's not the he's got great is hair. Not, he's we complain about him a lot, but he's got great a great head of hair. You know, he doesn't have a towel. He's been using. <laughs> A bathrobe as a dish towel? Yeah, it does. It feels, I, I think you're saying it, but it feels a little bit out of out of character. But what it accomplishes, which is the most important part, who cares about <laughs> if it's out of character, it accomplishes the fact that it's like a pretty mundane gift. It's not like a romantic Valentine's Day gift for man. No, it's very mundane. And also, and, and listen, I'm not judging using a bathrobe as a dish towel. That sounds great. It just seems if if you told me Andy did that, April, whatever. If Andy did but it, we'd it be proud of him. Of we'd be like, he's taking yeah. showers, he's bathing himself, and he's drying himself. This is a step forward. We have to celebrate these victories. We were, so we are watching. Let's talk about Anne and Mark first, since we're here. We were watching this whole thing unfold, and and Will goes, "This is really sad." And you know, I'm not a big Mark fan, but I think there's just like a realism to this. That mm-hmm. is sad. So the course of their B story is they're exchanging Valentine's Day gifts. She gets him towel, a towel and shampoo, and he gets her all the cliched Valentine's gifts. He never got to give someone. We're reminded again he's never been in a real relationship. 
Which could be and kind of fun. I think that's like a fun idea. Of like it's getting, a really fun idea. Yeah. I, I told you. I said I actually think that's a cute idea. All the things that I never got to give. Um, but there's something off. And it's not explicitly addressed to- until kind of the end of the episode. But there's just this sense of. We're not we're not getting any spark from them. We're not getting like. I think it's also a little bit. We're. It's starting to feel like, oh, maybe they're not in a groove. Maybe this is a rut. Or maybe this is like... There's a there's a throwaway joke at the beginning where Leslie goes, everyone here is terrible at relationships. You know, like, divorce twice, divorce, like... But, uh, and she goes, and about 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 um, Mark and Anne, she goes, jury's still out on you too. And Anne just sort of shrugs. Like, it's not even that there isn't a spark. We're just finally acknowledging that what is this exactly? And I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of the things that I love about, uh, it's just perfect that it's like a senior dance at the end of the episode that they're all putting together because that inevitably is making, you know, both with the A story with Frank and Marlene, it's also just making you think about how long a relationship could last and the difference between having, uh, you know, just uh, something that's like, oh, this is fun. It's my boyfriend versus like a love that lasts your whole life kind of thing, you know, with, with some of these older couples at the stance. So I think it's I mean, yeah, just like the texture of that makes, even if it's sort of subconscious with the characters, it feels like people are, are, thinking are starting about, to think like long term, like yeah. what is, what am I doing? I think the other sad thing sad dynamic here is Anne has always had the power in this relationship and we've liked that. I feel like Anne always gives him shit and Anne knows what she's doing and he doesn't. But for the first time, there feels like there's this imbalance that's more tangible. Mm-hmm. Where if you even just think about the gifts, because like, I mean, Mark has given unromantic gifts in the past, like the computer case. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which was, I believe, a a Christmas gift. Yeah. And um, but he gets her all these Valentine's Day gifts. She gets him, you know, some towels and shampoo, which again, he's very excited about. But, you know, they're dancing at the um what is it? I don't want to call it the old person's dance. It's the um the senior the senior mixer upper, the uh yeah, the classic <laughs> senior mixer upper. Um, but they're dancing and Mark's like, I think this is going well. Like on paper, this is going well. And she Anna's this line, yes, on paper. This is going well. And then a talking head where she goes like, this is fine. I have no complaints. It's And there's this just moment where you're like, oh, she's she has no complaints, but she's not really feeling it. Yeah. Um, and there's just this unevenness, but it's so subtle. And like, so I think it's a really well-written. It's just, I think the reason you felt sad is because it, it feels like relatable. It doesn't feel, it's, Again, it's it's subtle in comparison to the A story where Frank is running out of cars and going on stage being like, you missed out on this. I, I, yes, I'm sure relationships can sometimes end in that way. But this feels like, yeah, more grounded, but just, uh, you know, almost more painful because it's so grounded. Yeah, I think there's, I think there's a thing that happens in sitcoms where, um. Which, on one hand, mirrors real life where it's like, oh, most relationships end. <laughs> you know, it's like, actually, most romantic relationships do do end. And then you, 
you keep dating until like you find someone where that relationship doesn't end. Um, but I think in, in a sitcom where it's like you need you need the characters to change slowly over time so we can keep coming back to their lives and you also want to watch them slowly growing. You either want like a will they won't they that can stretch out for a few, you know, seasons um, or you need to like have relationships end with your characters. Um, but I think there's, I don't know. I guess I, I'm not, I don't think it's one or the other. I, I watched this full video on, um, Marshall and Lily from how I met your mother mm-hmm. and how they're unique in the sitcom couple trope because they start the series together. And other than a brief handful of episodes where like she leaves and it's this dramatic thing, other than a very brief thing, they're together for most of the series. And they explore some of like what it is like to be in a relationship like that where they got together really young and that's a version of love. So I don't even know that it's necessarily necessary. I I I don't I guess what I'm saying is I don't know if it's like the writers being like, well, what do we do now? As much as the writers discovering this just doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like I can almost feel the discovery. And part of that is like this is a bit of a spoiler, so go dance with a senior. No, wait, don't do that. Uh, go go Google your long-lost love while I spoil yeah. this. But Ancestry. it takes com. another five or so episodes for them to break up. And so it's I, I feel like I feel like this was pretty organically found, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think what I mean too is that part of what makes it feel so realistic is uh is I don't know if it not not that it feels realistic. Part of like it feels harsher and sadder because Anne has to say to a cameraman as a talking head, it's yeah, good, it's true. fine. You know, but like that's usually a feeling that you wouldn't if you wouldn't put that on social media. You know, you wouldn't like have a post with your with your boyfriend and be like, it's fine. Like he's fine. <laughs> it's like all but stuff I feel that would like, be to me feels like her talking to a friend like i feel like in real life the equivalent is like she's sitting down with a friend and a friend's like so how is it like it's valentine's day and she's like yeah i don't have complaints it's it's fine like (laughs) it almost feels like talking to a friend but we don't get any real conclusion here other than we see and and we've seen hints of this but we see Anne, who Again, is finding herself in a very similar position she was in a, with Andy, sort of mm-hmm. taking care of someone, a little bit stuck. But now, you know, she's seeing the Andy stuff with rose-colored glasses, and she, he's playing the dance. I mean, I think part of it is there's she has this line, is it in a future episode? Again, go Google your long-lost love, <laughs> where she goes, when did Andy start doing things for other people? Mm. Is a line that she asks. Can't so wait it's, for that. I think it's... Yeah. Yeah, it's a combination of Andy is improving. He's Leslie's giving him every job under the sun, and she's not perfectly happy. So she starts looking at Andy, and this is one of a couple moments where we see her wondering if she gave something up. Well, I think too in this there's what's great about that moment is that she's she's watching Andy and then she's watching April watch Andy mm-hmm. and it's watching someone else love love and be attracted and drawn to someone in a way that she isn't feeling at all you know so i think i think it's the same reason why we watch 
TV and other people's stories. It's like you're you see yourself reflected back in the experiences. But it's also Andy specifically. She, I think she watches April and go like, I think they're not, did I make a mistake? Not mm. as clear as that, but almost like, well, look at this person smitten with this person I gave up. Because this was not like they mutually broke up. She ended it with Andy and he begged for her back. So, um, but that leads us into the April Andy of it all, which we can get into next, which... Is yeah. a very it's a lot of glances, um, but it's all I need. Yeah. Take all, take away the dialogue. Give me give me a cool twenty minutes of people looking at each other. It's a lot of just April looking at you know the elderly couple that she sees, and mm. we watch her through glances believe in love, and she's also turned into a bit of uh, Andy's band manager. <laughs> uh, we see the beginnings of that where she's like, "Play this," and breaks over when he's talking to Anne um, and he dedicates the way you look tonight, which she says he should play to her. And we really get the, uh, the sense that, you know, that here they've never kissed and the chemistry is out of control. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's Andy. Andy has a great episode. We see him practicing with his band at the shoe shine. Yeah. A great Kyle cameo of, Truly just trying to get his shoes shined in the middle of a, of a band rehearsal. Um, Andy, he doesn't know who any of the oldies are by. People no. keep complimenting him and he doesn't <laughs> realize they're saying he sounds like. Yeah, he's struggling to connect as a musician. And, and Leslie gives a really helpful tip of, you know, instead of thinking of them as modern rock songs, think of them as classic bandstand songs from the 40s. <laughs> He goes, yep, uh, absolutely. Yeah. This is a great Andy episode. I feel like Andy's really hitting his groove. Yeah. Yeah. And it's any anytime he's playing, okay. <laughs> it's a very groovy Andy episode. Um, and it it kind of that that little storyline culminates with April yeah. breaking up with her super ironic cosplaying as old people boyfriends. Yeah, they wanted to go to the bulge, but she said she was going to the dance. They follow her to the dance, but um, one of them dresses up as an elderly guy and the other as his grandson, I believe, was the... the. Let's not read too much into that, but I think that's true. Yeah, I think he's just wearing his street clothes and is kind of He goes, Sonny, sit on my... Yeah. Uh, oh, maybe not grandson. Maybe he's just a younger man. Yeah. Um, and yeah, April... I think, you know, it's April deciding to go after something. April deciding to care is always a great. Yeah. Yeah. She says, why does everything need to be, you know, wrapped in all these layers of irony and sort of choosing. uh... Here's something unironic. Ever since you've been hanging out with that meathead. (laughs) We're just going to now be reading, like replaying the rest of the episode. That's really cute. You know, we don't meet Gail this episode, but Jerry says that he is happily married when Leslie says they all suck at relationships to his wife, Gail. Yeah. 28 years. um, Pretty big deal. We also have a Dennis Feinstein um, uh, reference where uh, Mark gives Anne some Dennis cologne. So which which cologne does he give? That is a good question. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess it's um, uh, does the smell of the chase? No, oh, something like go. desire. Something like um, uh, your your musky neighbor. We're not talking about our least favorite story. We almost pushed it under the rug. 
Uh, before we get to town halls, we need to talk about <laughs> some bad <laughs> behavior. I'm talking Tom and Wendy. Tom, Tom tries <sighs> to have a, a quick pre-surgery intervention um, with his now ex-wife, Wendy, um, by setting, really setting the mood, playing romantic music, pours some champagne, takes out a rose. Pours it back in the glass. Bachelor fans in the house. Um, Yeah, pours it back in the house. Trying to do more stuff. He basically asks her if she wants to make the romance, uh, uh, their relationship romantical. Yeah, it's a real when Harry met Sally moment. But Sally's not interested. But Sally's not interested, and Harry doesn't take the hint. (laughs) Not Um, the hint. She says, no, I don't see you like that. Could have been the end of it. Uh, You know, as we know, she wanted a green card. I'm sure he very eagerly offered her the green card. We've sensed for a while that Wendy doesn't feel about Tom the way she... uh, you know, he feels about her. And I've also sensed for a while that Wendy is aware that maybe there are more feelings there. Um, but none of that really matters because she says no. But instead of taking the no. Instead of taking no for an answer, Tom sues her for alimony because he's gotten yes. used to a certain, you know, And then blackmails her uh, into a date, which is not good. Yeah. But Tom does apologize immediately after during the dance. Because she calls him out, says well, no again, and they what, seem to what, resolve it. What good relationship doesn't start with an ultimatum? I mean, he immediately apologizes. I mean, uh, Tom here loses the someone he loves and someone he would love to be. It's a, it's a, it's an episode with a lot of Tom loss. Yeah, it's a lose a lot lose of bad for behavior Tom. and a lot of loss. But you know what's not a loss? Listening to you guys call in for our town hall. Let's do it. Let's include you in the conversation. Um, if you want to call in, call in and leave a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash Pawnee Public Radio. You can email at us. Email at us. Don't email us. Email at us. Yeah. Uh, townhall at PawneePublicRadio.com. Tweet at us at Radio Pawnee. And don't forget, we are doing this raffle where if you screenshot your five-star review, and remember, five-star reviews, we got to read on the pod. If you screenshot and email it to us or tweet it at us, we enter you into a raffle. The winner of the raffle gets an expert spot on Pawnee Public Radio. You get to come on and be an expert. We'll interview you. You'll interview us. It'll be a great time. So please participate in the raffle through the end of the year. Let's get to these town halls. The first one, number 119, our deputy of social media, Carly Kaplan. Hey, Hannah. Hey, Will. It's Carly, the social media deputy of the show, um, longtime fan, first time caller, really excited to figure this out. I. You're listening to Pawnee Public Radio with your hosts, Hannah and Will. Welcome back, listener, and wow, you brought a gift for Will's birthday, which is Saturday, or if you're listening to this after we release it, was last Saturday. Thanks for bringing him a gift. Yeah, I I love it. I have the Benjamin Button thing, and I'm turning 80, and this is perfect, so thank you very, very much. 
Um, Happy 80th. Thank you. Yeah. Thank we're you not for being give away, a great co-host. We're not giving away any dates. If you want to know the exact date, you're going to have to do the math or wait 10 to 15 years for me to have a Wikipedia page of my own. <laughs> I can make you a Wikipedia page tomorrow. Okay. That is, that's just what I wanted. Yeah. It's a perfect gift. For your birthday? Sure. A 2,000 word <laughs> essay, but it's all on Wikipedia? Yeah. Co- co-written by, by the fictional Leslie Nope. For Galentine's Day, today's sweet, sweet, sweet little segue into just the the cutest little episode. Um, I'm trying on this new thing where I'm very patronizing to the episodes that we watch. I no, really this belittle episode's them. great. It's sort of like the love actually of Parks and Rec. It's like a lot of different love stories told mm. in one beautiful woven tale yeah it's it's uh the oscar-winning film crash but parks and recreation um and and less less problematic uh, oh my gosh what was that series that was really popular at the Uh, beginning uh, 24 or it's modern love it was an anthology series oh like paris je Mm -hmm. um this episode (laughs) is like um it's like you're at a party and you're just walking from couple to couple, hearing snippets mm-hmm. of what's going on in their life. Yeah, and, and sometimes, sometimes you're being like, "How's it actually going with you two? And you, and they tell you a little bit. That's that's the equivalent of when it cuts to like a talking head, when you're just like, "Yes, but, are you, but is it okay? Are you guys but okay right now? How is it really? How's, how are you actually I, doing?" I like this episode. I feel like a lot of the things we'll see continue on throughout the series, mm-hmm. maybe originated in this episode. Some of them. The, you think this is the beginning of a lot of, a lot of very, very fertile parks and recreation ground. Yeah, it's we get the names. Sled. We get we it's get the, the beginning. Um, the uh, the, ro- uh, the are you trying to think Citizen Kane? A little yes, reference there. This is this We've is no spoilers. Citizen Kane. <laughs> Citizen Kane. Um, when it says, should I say what it says at the end of Citizen Kane? Is this too big a spoiler? It won't make sense. It doesn't even make sense if you watch Citizen Kane. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, we're just gonna ruin everything. Okay, it's in a this flower, episode. and then what a flower isn't. Okay, we'll keep going. So we watched uh, season two, episode sixteen, Valentine's Day. We were talking about what the A story and what the B story is. Like we've talked about, it's a lot of stories woven together. Um, but we thought the A story, which we'll talk about, is. The Leslie, Justin, Frank situation. Yeah. And then the B story is everyone else's little love story. Yeah, we're just going to, it's like, a, is it a, a French, is a French braid when there are three different strands of hair? Is that French a French braid? French braid, there's like many different strands of hair. A braid has three strands. I think you're just thinking of a braid. I'm thinking of a braid. Yeah. And then two strands of hair is a knot. That's when you just tie your hair into a little knot, right? I'm new. Exactly. You could be a hairdresser. Yeah. Yeah. This year is full of possibilities for me. So, but we'll talk through, we'll talk through the main, the main, the A story. Yeah. Leslie, Justin, road trip, Frank, Valentine's Day. Marlene makes a big comeback. We haven't seen Marlene in a while. Leslie's mother. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, it's, we get, we get to see a little bit of the world. We get to see some of Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, it's written, it, the episode is written by Mike Schur, which is always a treat. And a thing that I think is, is kind of wild about this episode is it started Galentine's Day. 
which now is is as much of a real holiday as Valentine's Day, I think. There are cards. A national holiday. It's a national holiday. We did, we did Google while we were watching to make sure it wasn't started by someone outside the show. But it when you Google Valentine's Day, it says Leslie yeah. Nope created this holiday. Um, and it is. The cold open is Valentine's Day, which is, is it the day before Valentine's Day? Or yeah, it's February 13th. It's day. a good idea, too. I mean, I think it's... What a what a great holiday idea. Wonderful holiday where you celebrate the gals in your life. Yeah. You celebrate your friends before you celebrate the romance. I've, and for a show that's a lot about friendship, especially this episode, I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Have you have you consciously celebrated Valentine's Day before? Have you like had a yes, celebration on the 13th? But that will be revealed in one of the voicemails, so I don't want to spoil Whoa. it. Whoa. Whoa. Yes, I listened ahead. Yeah. So if you want to know how I celebrated Valentine's Day. Skip ahead. Oh, yeah. No, finish. Sorry. (laughs) Stay here. No, Will, don't have them skip. Okay, skip ahead. The marker is at... No, I'm just kidding. Someday Um, I will make a choose your own adventure podcast where you can choose what time, you know, and like jump around. Oh, my gosh. Okay, if if that sounds fun, we don't know how we'd record it, but if that sounds fun... Come and find me. Come to my. Will find yeah, Will. I'm. I'm not going to dox His myself, but it is... can't be that hard to find. <laughs> um, yeah, track me down and or just write me a letter. I think that's more letters. Um, that would be that would be great. Um, Should we jump into this baby? Let's let's jump let's jump into this baby. <laughs> <laughs> so we start off so with we, a Valentine's Day celebration yeah. at a brunch so place. And this is not the first time we'll see a Valentine's Day brunch. No, so get used um, to it. Don't worry if you're like, yeah. it's, it happened too fast. Be like, just enjoy it. It'll happen and again. And if you didn't like it, bad news bears for you. Yeah. And if you're like, <laughs> who are all com- these people? We apologize again. These are the characters in the show. It's not going to change like, anytime soon. If you were like, who are some of these people at Valentine's Day? Courtney, for instance, yeah. who got a 2,000 word essay, does not make a reappearance. Spoiler alert. But it's, I mean... You know, sometimes sometimes there's just a year where you think this person is my best friend and then the next year you realize maybe maybe not. You know, I think I think people change and grow and Courtney had to go to New York for work and a family emergency. Uh, so Yeah. You can't both say mad work at her. and a family emergency. Yeah. If you Courtney is really explored on slides and swings though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well she she's running from something in that, not running to well, she thinks she's running from something, but it really is running to something. It's a it's a real twist at the end. We all have our demons. Um, it's a great party, and Leslie, we have a little taste of how how much thought she puts into gifts that she gives. She has, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, essays that she's written about each of her friends, two thousand, five thousand word essays. Um, you could use these essays to apply to a college, and she's written multiple of them. Um. And then she's also made mosaic portraits out of everyone's of their famous favorite sodas. It's really, really sweet and and really um, well done. I think she really captured their likenesses. Um, and then at the at the the end of this scene, we get um, the story from Leslie's mom, which is a romantic story. And we think it's going to be about maybe how she met her dad, but we realize it's about how she met this this hot lifeguard while swimming out. Um, out in the ocean and fell in love with him but you know it didn't work out 
she was too young. She wasn't allowed to marry him. So, so she left. And it, it was always this, this story the that if. this big what if, which we love on Pony Public Radio. Big what if. Um, so once, uh, once Justin. This is my favorite scene. The next scene is Leslie telling Justin and Tom about this isn't actually my favorite scene of the episode. I'm going <laughs> to reverse that. But it's a scene I really enjoy. It's a good where, scene. Yeah. It's a great scene. Um where Leslie is retelling the story to Justin Thoreau who she's been dating and Tom and my my the thing I enjoy so much about this scene is everything Justin does like Tom mirrors. It's almost like that mirror game if you ever played that in theater class where he has his arm up and legs crossed. So Tom does as well. And we're reminded that Tom is very much in love with Justin in a way. He wants to be Justin. Yeah. And Justin says that they should reunite Frank Beckerson, the long lost love, with Marlene, that they should find him. Um, you know, Justin Thoreau has has big big ambitions here. Yeah, and it and again on paper it's this it is this big love story. So he, you know, Leslie's been hearing this story every Valentine's Day for as long as any of us can remember. Um but Justin hears the story and he immediately has you know, he's sort of thinking of it as like a writer. Where he's like, "Oh, you know what would make this even better is if we have an ending, if we bring them back together." Um so uh, he follows through with that plan. He and does. He, in a very out of breath way, tracks down Frank. <laughs> it's a very much like Anne running down with a vial of blood to tell Leslie she found a date for her. Yeah, it's a similar energy, <laughs> similar, similar vibe. Um, and so he he tracks down Frank, and uh, it, it seems like has planned out this whole adventure for Leslie, who is is also swept up in it, but is a little more apprehensive, even from the get-go, I think. Not being sure. Yeah, and there's, you know, she asks Ron for the, like, an afternoon off, which Mm -hmm. she never takes. Uh, There's a very funny bit where they discuss if they're going for a nooner. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I love how Ron is just like, go go explain it to her. (laughs) He's, this is the first time I've uh, noticed Ron playing darts in his office, and that was big for me. Um real office goals, especially working from home. I think a dartboard would elevate any any line that I'm saying to myself in my office would be more fun with a dartboard. You know, just punctuation alone. Yeah. Um, the other thing that Leslie's doing in addition in the A story, in addition to um, tracking down Frank with Justin, is she's organizing a senior center dance. Yeah. So and she's multitasking here. She's, she's doing multi- both. She's really yeah. this is the opposite though of her dinner party where she's really pulling it together very quickly. Yeah. Um she and we'll jump into all the little different parts, but she's got, you know, Andy's band Mouse Rat is playing and um everyone's volunteering and she tells everyone ask not what your old people can do for you, ask what you can do for your old people. Mm. And Andy mistakes her voice as a Terminator voice, and With then Tom, in what? Right? Andy's outshining shoes. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's Tom. <laughs> okay, so Tom thinks it's the Terminator. This is a moment I really enjoyed, where she then does a Terminator impression, and Ron says "nice" and gives her a high five. Um, and I just. I think every moment with Ron and Leslie this episode is my favorite. Like, we'll get into it 
when we talked about the B story. Um, or you know what? I think Ron counts as A story this episode since he doesn't have a little B story love story going on. But mm. they're they're Ron and Leslie's friendship. Have I ever told you that I think it's the heart of the show? <laughs> um, it's really, really highlighted how well he knows her this episode. Because usually she's displaying how much she loves and how well she knows the people around her. But I think this episode is him admitting or revealing that he knows her pretty well and cares about her as well. So, yeah. So so she's organizing the dance and her and Frank go off to find – or her and Justin Thoreau, sorry, go off to find Frank. <laughs> Frank is in the car the entire time. <laughs> um they're... He's not. He's not. <laughs> well, there's no way to know her for sure. Poopa. Her yeah. poopa. She goes off searching for her poopa. So she's also getting ahead of herself. She's dreaming what she's going to call And Justin is guy. not stopping her either. She's like, am I getting ahead of myself? Should I call him dad? It's subtly not the nicest thing that he's, I mean, he's he's already misbehaving a little, not really checking in with her, but- you know, she lost her father. She's now like, is this guy going to be my dad? And he's like, go, no, think think like that, which I yeah. think is kind of cruel in a very subtle way. Yeah, or or not so subtle. <laughs> just like follow. Like, yeah, he's just like not. Yeah, you're right. He's not thinking of her. He's already kind of like thinking of the story. Um, as As we who watch this show are all very aware of. <laughs> Uh, they get to Frank, and we have. And here's the biggest reveal. Here, this here is was, really this why is, we do the show. My, this blew my mind. This next part, it blew my mind. When you, I'm going to give you full credit for connecting the dots here. Yeah, well, but, you can't see it, but behind me, I have a a wall full of yarn connecting Justin Thoreau to different character to the Marvel universe to different characters. I'll Leslie. let you explain what she says and, and the connection you made. Also, he, yeah, go for it. <laughs> well, Leslie just has a line where she wants the best for for Jennifer Aniston. Um, and she she warns Jennifer to stay away from Mayer? John Mayer? Uh, yes, John Mayer. 2000? Well, because she, she jokes. 2010, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. She, jokes, she jokes that like... You know, this Frank and her mom reuniting are going to be like Jen and if Jen and Brad reunited, they got back together. Yeah, they got back together. And then she goes, Jen, I just want you to be happy. Stay away from John Mayer. And this is where you blew my mind. Well, because as you and Rob told me, Jennifer Aniston and Justin Thoreau were married and then got divorced. So it's all. That's all that was connected. that was the big that was Do the big you reveal. Think <laughs> Justin Thoreau read this script and said. I'm gonna. I'm gonna marry that woman. I'm. I'm gonna marry that woman that is being referenced. <laughs> well, we we couldn't get him on for this episode, but hopefully Justin will come on sometime and we can. Oh, I'm sure Justin Thorell listens though. Justin, if if you want to come on and clear it all up on Pawnee Public Radio, let us know. Yeah, we'd love to. We'd love to hear your side of the yes. story. Yes. On a Parks and Rec podcast, <laughs> that seems like where you want to reveal it all. Now, now um, is the time. Um, I keep saying I love this next moment. I like this moment. I, well, you know, I like all these moments. Um, but the next moment is funny. They open the door, reveal Frank Beckerson, looking who, pretty good. I'll say it. John Larquette is the actor. Um, He's very funny in this episode, but he thinks that Leslie is Marlene and goes in for a kiss. And we end with Amy Poehler shouting, no, Poopa, no. 
<laughs> Which, That's how act one yeah. ends. Both of them have made assumptions in this moment. You know, Frank has made an assumption that it's Marlene and uh, and Leslie has made an assumption that she's going to be calling this stranger Poopa for, for the rest of her life. <laughs> um, yeah, and we, we go into he welcomes us into his home and we take a stroll down memory lane um, and have some some explicit photos blurred out of Frank and Marlene's uh, romantic moment <laughs> not sex not sex well maybe i mean the one that blurred it's blurred out and we have no idea no, I think but they're just naked on the beach you think naked on the beach oh well, yeah there's taking a, this photo it there's could no be, selfie it could be timer. An early, yeah with an analog i don't want to read too much into it but i think anything is possible i, I do i want to spend the next hour to an hour and a half dissecting what might be this photo i'm talking about like analog technology what could have set this thing up um yeah, but we we're, we started to get the impression that maybe Frank is is having he's a little anxious about the whole thing, um, and he might not be the most stable of interest to introduce back into Marlene's life. It's looking less yeah. and less like a Brad Pitt Jennifer Aniston dream re, re, reunion. Yeah, Leslie is starting to have concerns, but throughout it, Justin pushes forward and says, "Let's just get him in the car. Let's get him to this dance." Mm-hmm. And let's reunite them. And, you know, Leslie has been very smitten up until this point of Justin. You know, he's very successful. She says he's a lawyer, you know. And so, and she's in a relationship. And so she she goes along with it. She voices her reservations, but they get him in the car. And the more he talks, the more kind of confusing facts come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we start to fill in some of the gaps of his biography and we realize that you know, he he maybe doesn't have a lot going on. He didn't end up becoming a lawyer. He's lived in Panama, Granada, and Afghanistan, um, which... On he did a- serve as his own lawyer once, though. So, yeah. So, in a way, you know, we're being hard on him, but he's achieved a version of his dreams, which... Do we, do we know for what, why he served as his own lawyer? And can we please watch the movie where Frank Becker's in... <laughs> The spinoff film. Yeah, the better call, Frank. (laughs) What if she's judging this moment? What if it's like a great moment in a film, like a Rudy-esque moment where he stands up and goes, I'll be my own lawyer. And he it's just a brilliant thing in a feel-good film that's just being boiled down to a misunderstanding in this moment. Yeah, I I think based off of the evidence we have so far, her read on it is pretty accurate. Okay, so yeah, he they have to pull over the car. He runs out. He tries to He's escape very, from this romantic reunion. Um, they capture Justin. him. He, he cries himself to sleep in the back. <laughs> There's a lot of it's a lot. It's for yeah. you know what I like about I love when episodes when the A story is really or the B story is very over the top, and then one is very subtle. So this one is pretty over the top. We've mm-hmm. got a a big guest star character. We have escapes we have drives we have kisses and then the b story as we'll talk about is a lot of very small subtle things and moments Mm -hmm. Um, yeah but they get to the dance they do it they make it there they make it in it as soon as they arrive i mean instead of like a series of red flags it's like uh i don't know if you've ever seen a a like a soccer referee when the ball goes out of bound and and maybe the main referee doesn't notice it. It's like those amounts of red flags. It's just like... Yes. It's like a ref has been constantly... It's a classic soccer referee. It's a classic and soccer referee. So no Leslie, one has noticed the ball is out of bounds. Le- yeah. Yeah. Leslie pulls Justin aside and and finally sets, you know, sets her foot on the ground 
well, you know, sets her foot down. What is the exp- it's you put your foot down. I think put she's your starting, foot down. Yeah, there she's beginning to put her foot she down. Sets her foot down. She puts her no, no, not beginning. I feel like <laughs> she goes, No, we're not doing this. This is not okay. But they she had pulled Justin Thoreau. And by the way, this is really Justin Thoreau in the episode. He's playing Justin Thoreau movie star. She pulls Justin <laughs> Thoreau aside and says, I'm not doing this. But at that point, Frank has escaped out of the car and run into the dance. <laughs> he, yeah. I feel like right Escape at the moment two. she puts her foot down, he escapes. Yeah, we see him in the background, beautifully shot. Excellent cinematography. Mm-hmm. Frank makes it away. And there and it feels kind of like Justin is is stalling. And and that's you know, that's when the ref maybe shifts his attention from Frank and starts waving his flags about. So you Justin. think you think Justin in the corner of his eye saw Frank escaping and was like, I'm gonna No, but I think he I don't think he's complicit in that. As okay. much in that way. I was going to say. No, no, no. He no, does I, tell her to relax. And yeah, my yarn wall doesn't is, include that. But yeah. But he isn't, he isn't listening to her. He has his, he wants to like finish his, accomplish his plan instead of take care of Leslie. Right. Which and could be they, a problem. <laughs> it, it, it could be. Um, so they get in the dance and Leslie basically immediately tries to go up to her mom and warn her, get her out of there. But, but it's too late. I feel like what we know of her mom, if anyone can take care of herself and, and you know, put it's up some Marley defenses. No, yeah. She's, she's a tough cookie. Um, but so is Leslie, and Leslie protects the people she loves, so. Yeah. No, she's she's just trying to do the right thing after realizing like, that maybe she's mother and daughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and they lock eyes from across the room. And everything, for a moment, melts away. She hands her heart cookie to Leslie in like a trance. Marlene and Frank lock eyes. He's the young lifeguard again. She's she's young Marlene. Marlene. Marmar. Marmar mar and Frankie Frank. <laughs> Probably Marley. Li- Marley and lifeguard Frank. And then they just do it on the <laughs> dance floor. If you're interested in more of our writing, we do do a little fanfic prep before yeah. every episode. And this week's episode was the easiest Raunchy. one to write. <laughs> uh, they Frank very much wants to pick up where they left off. Um, and Marlene, after a quick fact-finding conversation, does not. <laughs> You know, it's what you just said. If anyone can handle herself, it's Marlene. Like, she's just as astute as Leslie. She's really sharp. Um, I'd say Leslie operates a little bit more from a place of empathy. You know, you can see how Leslie came from her mom. But, yeah, she picks up on the fact that um, he's a little um, not her soulmate. Yeah. That that the and I think too that the idealized version that she's had of him for all these years, it was much better than than the reality, and that that relationship wasn't meant to be any more than a summer fling on the beach. Um, I do like when she's asking him kind of like what he's been up to, and he says, you know, after after you left, after I I mm. I worked in a in a grocery store, um, and now forty years later. I'm unemployed. <laughs> he just doesn't sell himself well. She, He asks her if she wants to pick up where they left off. 
She's surprised, goes, are you serious? He goes, serious as a heart attack, of which I've had four, which is not even, you know, a bad fact. It's just really the 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 way he uh, pitches himself, I think, could use some work. Yeah, and I, I think the just general impression is like, oh, maybe this was also the best thing that ever happened to him. Or not also, but for him, it was like, this was the high point. And it, it's kind of been downhill from... I guess her parents were right. <laughs> who knows? I mean, who young. knows what could have been different if they had if they had stuck it out and just gone for it. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. We see Marlene heading out. And we assume that that means that it didn't work out. And yes. Leslie checks in and with Leslie her. Leslie checks, yeah. Good kid. You raised a good kid, Marlene. Kid. Yeah. Good kid. And... But... You just know this show doesn't go. It doesn't quit right when we think we're gonna have a nice episode where it's just a sweet conversation between a mom and her daughter. Boom! Frank interrupts the whole thing uh, with what could be a big romantic gesture, and which turns into him just saying, "Marlene, you blew it." Uh, he makes some excellent old man noises into the microphone at the top of this thing. He does a little curtsy with his suit coat. If you're just relying on me to describe it, again, can't recommend highly enough that you go back and you actually watch this part of the episode. Frank does a great job. Or get your hands on this video of the podcast recording as Will is doing it right now. He's thrusting, he's lifting <laughs> up his coat. Will, I see it both on TV and in the, the video chat. Listen, when you've, when you've been around as long as I have, 80 years, you, these things... <laughs> You know, I've been working in this industry for a long time. Still no Wikipedia page. Um, uh, next comes my favorite part of the, the A story, though. Oh, take that it. I've hit, take I hinted it. at earlier. Yeah. No more so hinting. So, Leslie, yeah. you know, Leslie, uh, Marlene can handle, handle herself, but Leslie is upset, and she's sitting at the table. Um, Justin is retelling the story of what happened about Frank and the running to, you know, the office gang, and Ron is the only one who's not laughing. And he goes, well, what did Leslie think? And Justin goes, I don't know. She got lost in the shuffle. And that's when Ron joins Leslie at the table. And the heart of the show beats. <laughs> um, she's just, she starts talking. She goes, he's a lawyer. He's successful, handsome. I don't know if she said handsome, but it's implied. It's Justin Thoreau. Yeah, sure. And she doesn't know why she doesn't like him. And here we have this this moment where as much as Leslie is constantly loving her friends and as much as her friends say that no one can love as hard as Leslie, we see how much someone like Ron cares about her. And he says that Justin is a story collector. It's all about collecting the stories. And at the end of the day, he's selfish and Leslie is not. And that is why Leslie will never actually like him and it's such a well he calls him a, a tourist easy, which i yes, love a tourist yeah. i love that but but what i love more than the way he's describing justin is the way he knows that leslie is selfless and just in a very simple way knows what she deserves and know what knows what she likes and would like and knows who she is and you know, actually, I'm thinking about this now for a character who lost her father when she was young, and this will come up later in the series. I won't spoil it. 
Ron is in a way a father figure to her in an episode where th- we're remind where she's been she spent the episode getting her hopes up about a father figure in Frank and then through that experience her actual father figure is highlighted. Mm. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm not woeing at my own thought. I'm woeing at what the episode did. I just realized this. Yeah. She's getting her hopes up for this poopah because it's not just the hopes of reuniting Marlene with Frank. It's the hope of, I'll call him poopah. I'll call him pop. And here she is at the end of the episode and her metaphorical father figure comes in and knows her and loves her and knows that why she's upset about the situation. Maybe the real Poopa was sitting across from her in his office the whole time. I think Rod would love being called Poopa. <laughs> yeah, someday, someday, no doubt he will be. Um, it's a, it's a very, uh, yeah, it's a genuinely sweet, sweet moment between these two characters, and I, and I think there's something where, <laughs> you know, Justin Thoreau's character is described as a, as a tourist and someone who's just collecting stories, and in the context of a show like Parks and Rec, it is funny on like kind of the meta level that a story does happen to Leslie every episode <laughs> and that <laughs> she's someone who creates a lot of stories. And the difference I think is in, in what your, you know, your perspective and intention is, uh, is such, uh, such a crucial part of how you are as a person. But <laughs> Whereas, Parks and Rec, yeah. the reason like I always return to it is not, to see the story of what's Leslie going to get into like that's fun but you you tune you tune into Parks and Rec because it's a it's a show about people caring about each other and so Justin coming in and being just about the story and not about the caring about other people mm-hmm. really sticks out in a in a show like Parks and Rec and i think you you see him as as he's you know pushing he's trying he's trying to make things happen instead of wanting to actually be a part of the story which i think is like the tourist part of him um yeah Yeah, it's honestly it's to me it's the it's the ron and leslie heartfelt actual father-daughter and i'm not just pulling this out of my ass there is there are future episodes where their friendship being also a bit father-daughter-esque is highlighted um but i really like this episode and the the end of this the a story is leslie has broken up with justin Mm -hmm. and (laughs) justin is consoling tom yeah it it uh we're not you know justin is saying we can still be friends um and we think maybe it's gonna be leslie and then it it sort of switches into what feels like a conversation a father would have with uh with Maybe like stepchildren yeah. post-divorce or something. Um, and then he he's like, I'll buy you a pocket square, though. Yeah, yeah. And we get a great <laughs> button of April looking into the camera going, what? Yeah, a lot of good, a lot of crucial lot April of, looks what? in this app. Oh, April does a lot with little glances. Yeah, yeah. Especially a lot, in a lot these early seasons, her very own B story. All right, let's get to the B story now. As we said earlier, the B story we think is the collection of mm-hmm. the anthology love of love actually, stories. Actually, yeah, 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 yeah. The love actually esque um, tale of love stories. Um, where just to list off who we'll be chatting about, we've got April and Andy, we've got Mark and Anne, 
We've got uh, April and her boyfriends. We have Anne and Andy remembering that. We've got we Andy and, the, and the older woman oh. at the end who's a big fan. You know, it's really yes. everyone gets a shot at love in this episode. Um, and it all begins with the gift of a towel, a simple towel from Anne to Mark for Valentine's Day. It sounds like she's yeah, gotten this- him a lot of like travel basics, essentials, yeah. towels, so shampoo. So he comes in very excited being like, you're the best girlfriend because Apparently, she says in a talking head, he doesn't even, he doesn't have human people stuff like shampoo. And this, okay, as a person who uses mainly conditioner, I don't think this is what she meant. I think he doesn't, I don't understand how he doesn't have shampoo. And this is also not the place the character I feel like started at in their relationship. Like, to me, she left Andy, who she really took care of. And I feel like this is, at least at the end of this, mirroring that. But at the beginning, the whole point was he is an adult. He comes over to fix things. like he, And now it's sort of devolved into... Yeah. Maybe he's a failed architect because he, he doesn't know that you're supposed to put stuff inside of houses. And so he just doesn't have anything inside of his house. You know? It's... How does Mark Brandanowitz not have shampoo? Can someone let me know this? Like, because it doesn't, it's not the implication. He's got great hair. Not, he's we got complain about him a lot, but he's got great, a great head of hair. You he know? He doesn't have a towel. He's been using <laughs> a bathrobe as a dish towel. Yeah, it does. It feels, I, I think you're saying it, but it feels a little bit out of, out of character. But what it accomplishes, which is the most important part, who cares about <laughs> if it's out of character? It accomplishes the fact that it's like a pretty mundane gift. It's not like a romantic Valentine's Day gift for man. No, it's very mundane. And also, and, and listen, I'm not judging using a bathrobe as a dish towel. That sounds great. It just seems, if, if you told me Andy did that, April, whatever. If Andy did but it, we'd it be proud of him. Of we'd be like, he's taking yeah. showers. He's bathing himself and he's drying himself. This is a step forward. We have to celebrate these victories. We were, so we are watching. Let's talk about Anne and Mark first, since we're here. We were watching this whole thing unfold. And, and Will goes, this is really sad. And you know I'm not a big Mark fan. But I think there's just like a realism to this that mm-hmm. is sad. So the course of their B story is they're exchanging Valentine's Day gifts. She gets him towel, a towel and shampoo. And he gets her all the cliched Valentine's gifts he'd never got to give someone. We're reminded again he's never been in a real relationship. Which could be kind of fun. I think that's like a fun idea. It's a really fun idea. I I told you. I said I actually think that's a cute idea. All the things that I never got to give. Um, But there's something off. And it's not explicitly addressed until kind of the end of the episode. But there's just this sense of... We're not we're not getting any spark from them. We're not getting like I think it's also a little bit we're it's starting to feel like, oh, maybe they're not in a groove. Maybe this is a rut. Or maybe this is like There's a there's a throwaway joke at the beginning where Leslie goes, Everyone here is terrible at relationships, you know, like divorce twice, divorce, like but uh and she goes and about 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 um Mark and Anne, she goes, jury's still out on you too. And Anne just sort of shrugs. Like, it's not even that there isn't a spark. We're just finally acknowledging that, wh- what is this exactly? 
And I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of the things that I love about, uh, it's just perfect that it's like a senior dance at the end of the episode that they're all putting together because that inevitably is making, you know, both with the A story with Frank and Marlene, it's also just making you think about how long a relationship could last and the difference between having, uh, you know, just a, something that's like, oh, this is fun. It's my boyfriend versus like a love that lasts your whole life kind of thing, you know, with, with some of these older couples at the stance. So I think it's I mean, yeah, just like the texture of that makes, even if it's sort of subconscious with the characters, it feels like people are, are, thinking are starting about, to think like long term, like yeah. what is, what am I doing? I think the other sad thing sad dynamic here is Anne has always had the power in this relationship and we've liked that. I feel like Anne always gives him shit and Anne knows what she's doing and he doesn't. But for the first time, there feels like there's this imbalance that's more tangible Mm -hmm. where if you even just think about the gifts, because like, I mean, Mark has given unromantic gifts in the past, like the computer case. Yeah. um, (laughs) Which was, I believe, a, a Christmas gift. Yeah. And Um, But he gets her all these Valentine's Day gifts. She gets him, you know, some towels and shampoo, which, again, he's very excited about. But, you know, they're dancing at the – what is it? I don't want to call it the old person's dance. It's the – The senior senior mixer upper. The uh... the classic senior (laughs) mixer upper. Um, But they're dancing and Mark's like, I think this is going well. Like, on paper, this is going well. And she – Anna's this line, yes, on paper – this is going well. And then a talking head where she goes like, this is fine. I have no complaints. It's And there's this, this moment where you're like, oh, she's she has no complaints, but she's not really feeling it. Yeah. Um, and there's just this unevenness, but it's so subtle. And like, so I think it's a really well-written. It's just, I think the reason you felt sad is because it, it feels like relatable. It doesn't feel, it's, Again, it's it's subtle in comparison to the A story where Frank is running out of cars and going on stage being like, you missed out on this. I, I, yes, I'm sure relationships can sometimes end in that way, but this feels like, yeah, more grounded, but just, uh, you know, almost more painful because it's so grounded. Yeah, I think there's, I think there's a thing that happens in sitcoms where, um, which on one hand mirrors real life where it's like, oh, most relationships end. <laughs> you know, it's like actually most romantic relationships do do end. And then you you keep dating until like you find someone where that relationship doesn't end. Um, but I think in, in a sitcom where it's like you need you need the characters to change slowly over time so we can keep coming back to their lives. And you also want to watch them slowly growing. You either want like a will they won't they that can stretch out for a few you know seasons um or you need to like have relationships end with your characters um but i think there's i don't know i guess i do, i'm not i don't think it's one or the other i i watched this full video on um marshall and lily from how i met your mother mm-hmm. and how they're unique in the sitcom couple trope because they start the series together and other than a brief handful of episodes where like she leaves and it's this dramatic thing other than a very brief thing they're together for most of the series 
And they explore some of like what it is like to be in a relationship like that where they got together really young and that's a version of love. So I don't even know that it's necessarily necessary. I I I don't I guess what I'm saying is I don't know if it's like the writers being like, "Well, what do we do now?" as much as the writers discovering this just doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I feel like I can almost feel the discovery. And part of that is like, this is a bit of a spoiler. So go dance with a senior. No, wait, don't do that. Uh, go go Google your long lost love while I spoil yeah. this. But Ancestry. it takes com. another five or so episodes for them to break up. And so it's I, I feel like I feel like this was pretty organically found, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think what I mean too is that part of what makes it feel so realistic is uh is I don't know if it not not that it feels realistic. Part of like it feels harsher and sadder because Anne has to say to a cameraman as a talking head, it's yeah, good, it's true. fine. You know, but like that's usually a feeling that you wouldn't if you wouldn't put that on social media. You know, you wouldn't like have a post with your with your boyfriend and be like, it's fine. Like, he's fine. <laughs> it's like all but stuff that would like, be. I feel like to me, that feels like her talking to a friend. Like, I feel like in real life, the equivalent yeah. is like she's sitting down with a friend and a friend's like, so how is it? Like, it's Valentine's Day. And she's like, yeah, I don't have complaints. It's it's fine. Like, yeah. it's, I, it almost <laughs> feels like talking to a friend. But we're, we don't get any real conclusion here other than. We see, and and we've seen hints of this, but we see Anne, who, again, is finding herself in a very similar position she was in with Andy, sort of Mm -hmm. taking care of someone, a little bit stuck. But now, you know, she's seeing the Andy stuff with rose-colored glasses, and he's playing the dance. I mean, I think part of it is there's she has this line... Isn't it a future episode? Again, go Google your long-lost love, where she goes... (laughs) When did Andy start doing things for other people? Is mm. a line that she asks. So Can't wait for that. I think it's yeah, yeah it's a combination <laughs> of Andy is improving. He's Leslie's giving him every job under the sun, and she's not perfectly happy. So she starts looking at Andy, and this is one of a couple moments where we see her wondering if she gave something up. Well, I think too in this there is. What's great about that moment is that she's she's watching Andy and then she's watching April watch Andy mm-hmm. and it's watching someone else love love and be attracted and drawn to someone in a way that she isn't feeling at all. You know, so I think I think it's the same reason why we watch TV and other people's stories is like you're you see yourself reflected back in the experiences. But it's also Andy specifically. She I think she watches April and go like I think they're not did I make a mistake? Not mm. as clear as that, but almost like well, look at this person smitten with this person I gave up. Because this was not like they mutually broke up. She ended it with Andy and he begged for her back. So, um, but that leads us into the April Andy of it all, which we can get into next, which is yeah. a very, it's a lot of glances. Um, but it's all I need. Yeah. Take, all, take away the dialogue. Give me, give me a cool 20 minutes of people looking at each other. It's a lot of just April looking at, you know, the elderly couple that she sees and mm. we watch her through glances, believe in love. And she's also turned into a bit of uh, Andy's band manager. Uh, <laughs> we see the beginnings of that where she's like, play this. And 
breaks over when he's talking to Anne. Um, and he dedicates The Way You Look Tonight, which she says he should play, to her. And we really get the uh, the sense that, you know, that here they've never kissed and the chemistry is out of control. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's Andy. Andy has a great episode. We see him practicing with his band at the Shoe Shine. Really good stall. Andy episode. episode. Yeah, a great Kyle cameo of truly just trying to get his shoes shine in the middle of a of a band rehearsal. Um, Andy, he doesn't know who any of the oldies are by. People no. keep complimenting him, and he doesn't <laughs> realize they're saying he sounds like. Yeah, he's struggling to connect as a musician, and and Leslie gives a really helpful tip of you know. Instead of thinking of them as modern rock songs, think of them as classic bandstand songs from the 40s. <laughs> he goes, yep, absolutely. Uh, yeah. This is a great Andy episode. I feel like Andy's really hitting his groove. Yeah. Yeah. And it's any, anytime he's playing. Okay. <laughs> it's a very groovy Andy episode. Um, and it it kind of that that little storyline culminates with April yeah. breaking up with her super ironic cosplaying as old people boyfriends yeah they wanted to go to the bulge but she said she was going to the dance they follow her to the dance but um one of them dresses up as an elderly guy and the other as his grandson i believe was the the let's not read too much into that but i think that's true yeah i think he's just wearing his street clothes and his kind of he goes sunny sit on my (laughs) oh maybe not grandson maybe he's just a younger man yeah um and yeah april I think, you know, it's April deciding to go after something. D- D- April deciding to care is always a great. Yeah. Yeah. She says, why yeah. does everything need to be, you know, wrapped in all these layers of irony and sort of choosing. Uh... Here's something unironic. Ever since you've been hanging out with that meathead. <laughs> We're just going to now be reading, like replaying the rest of the episode. That's really cute. You know, we don't meet Gail this episode, but Jerry says that he is happily married when Leslie says they all suck at relationships to his wife, Gail. Yeah. And, 28 years. Um, Pretty big we deal. also have a Dennis Feinstein um, uh, reference where uh, Mark gives Anne some Dennis cologne. So which, so which cologne tuned. does he give? That is a good question. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess it's um, uh, does the smell of the chase? No, oh, something like go. desire. Something like um, uh, your your musky neighbor. We're not talking about our least favorite story. We almost pushed it under the rug. Uh, before we get to town halls, we need to talk about. <laughs> Some bad behavior. I'm talking Tom and Wendy. Tom Tom tries Ugh. to have a, a quick pre-surgery intervention um, with his now ex-wife, Wendy, um, by setting, really setting the mood, playing romantic music, pours some champagne, takes out a rose. For pours all it back my in the glass. Bachelor after. fans in the house. Um, <laughs> yeah, pours it back in the house. <laughs> trying to try not do more shopping. He basically asks her if she wants to make the romance, uh, the uh, their relationship romantical. Yeah, it's no. a real when Harry met Sally moment. But Sally's not interested. But Sally's not interested, and Harry doesn't take the hint. <laughs> not um, the hint. She says no. I yeah. don't see you like that. Uh, Could have been the end of it. Uh, you know, as we know, 
She wanted a green card. I'm sure he very eagerly offered her the green card. We, we've sensed for a while that Wendy is doesn't feel about Tom the way she, uh, you know, he feels about her. And I've also sensed for a while that Wendy is aware that maybe there are more feelings there. Um, but none of that really matters because she says no. But instead of taking the no. Instead of taking no for an answer, Tom sues her for alimony because he's gotten yes. used to a certain... You know, and then blackmails her uh, into a date, which is not good. Yeah. But Tom does apologize immediately after during the dance because she calls him out, says well, no again, and they seem to resolve it. What good relationship doesn't start with an ultimatum? I mean, he immediately apologizes. I mean, uh, Tom here loses the someone he loves and someone he would love to be. It's a, it's a, it's an episode with a lot of Tom loss. Yeah, it's a lose lose for Tom. A lot of bad behavior and a lot of loss. But you know what's not a loss? Listening to you guys call in for our town hall. Let's do it. Let's include you in the conversation. Um, if you want to call in, call in and leave a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash Radio. You can email at us. Email at us. Don't email us. Email at us. Yeah. Uh, townhall at PawneePublicRadio.com. Tweet at us at Radio Pawnee. And don't forget, we are doing this raffle where if you screenshot your five-star review, and remember, five-star reviews, we got to read on the pod. If you screenshot and email it to us or tweet it at us, we enter you into a raffle. The winner of the raffle gets an expert spot on Pawnee Public Radio. You get to come on and be an expert. We'll interview you. You'll interview us. It'll be a great time. So please participate in the raffle through the end of the year. Let's get to these town halls. The first one, number 119, our deputy of social media, Carly Kaplan. Hey, Hannah. Hey, Will. It's Carly, the social media deputy of the show, um, longtime fan, first time caller, really excited to figure this out. I just saw that you were doing the Galentine's episode, and I wanted to say how much this episode and this show have really, you know, brought about a cultural moment, which is so exciting. Hannah, you have been to my Galentine's parties before. You know how much I love this holiday. And I have a question for you guys. Was this a holiday before the show, or is this completely a Parks and Rec holiday? Something I don't know, and I would love to find out more about. Um, anyway, take care, guys. Love you. Bye. There's the big reveal. <laughs> I, if you remember early on, I said I'll answer that question later. Oh. Our deputy of social media, Carly Kaplan, I've been to her Valentine's Day parties, really good desserts, really amazing face masks. I, I'm not usually a face mask lady, but mm. I have put on some face masks at these Valentine's Day parties. Obviously, this is before COVID. I hope we get to do another one safely in the future. But uh, I'm so happy Carly called in and that you really waited on this reveal. Um, <laughs> but to answer the question... We we looked it up. I checked on the internet did some and if research. Wikipedia. Yeah, we did some we did some research. Um, and if the internet is telling the truth, Which, it is Leslie No. Yeah, it's a real <laughs> internet thing. The internet these days. <laughs> Leslie <gasps> Nope did start. It is funny how like how TV can bleed into, uh, or it's terrifying how TV can bleed into life. 
I'm realizing mid-sentence how that may have ruined our world. But in Parks and Rec, it's great. Yeah. I <laughs> so, I mean, I wonder if I wonder if there is an example of anything as successful as Galentine, of like a fictional holiday. I mean, Festivus, people aren't actually celebrating Festivus from Seinfeld, right? I mean, if, if there are other, I guess maybe Valentine's Day was created by Hallmark, but that's not a TV show. Coca-Cola, Santa, Christmas. That feels like a little bit of thing, but Christmas has been around for a while, I know. Christmas but, has been around. I feel like Christmas came around before Coca-Cola. Yeah, I know I'm Jewish, but I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Coca-Cola is a New Testament Let thing. Let us know. Can you tweet at us at Radio Pawnee what other things have come about in like positive like fun things uh, yeah, because from a t- fictional tv show so please let us know your thoughts i want everyone to participate carly thank you so much for calling in please call in again it is a treat next up we have connor young number 120 hey hannah and will this is connor young calling in from norman oklahoma after watching this episode, I just wanted to know who you would most want to be surprised with at a Valentine's Day dinner in 30 years. Is it Addison or someone else? Okay, thank you. Bye. <laughs> just love it so much. I'm not even name dropping people. Maybe we should bleep out the last name. Just to well, Is that one of honor. your crushes? It was one of the people I mentioned. The guy Good who pull, reached Connor. out. Good pull. That's a great callback. Connor wow. Young for the win. I think I know my answer. I want to be surprised by Connor Young. I want to meet our up. Connor Club. I want the whole Connor Club and O'Connor to show up at the Valentine's Day dance. In 40 years? Um, in the future? Yes, in 40 years in the yeah. future. All right, I'll see you there. Who who's your who's your my surprise <laughs> guest? Oh boy. I mean, I guess I just got uninvited from this seniors Valentine's Day dance surprise. Who would I reconnect? I I oh, feel you, like oh, you want to join me in the Connor answer? Come on over. Yeah, I figured I would show up with the Connors. I kind of thought we would all carpool, carpool over. Carpooling Connors. It's like carpool karaoke, but there's no singing or James Corden. <laughs> it's just a bunch of Connors and Will in a car. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Next voicemail is number 121, Anonymous. Really? Rob has a podcast, wants to know what Sports Guy Dad has a podcast we'll talk about. He'll talk about sports, for God's sake. I mean, there's sports everywhere. There's sports in Parks and Recreation. There's sports on on, uh, Deal or No Deal. There's sports everywhere. There's even sports on that British version of the show. What was that? Uh, Anyway, uh, who's going to win the the European League this year? Let's get to Brit. Let's let's get to the British show. Who's going to win the Euro Cup? Whoa! Good call. Thank you, Dad, for (laughs) coming in, clarifying. Of course, Sports Guy Dad's podcast would be about sports. Sports everywhere, though. Not just the, the regular old sports you're thinking of. No, sports, sports at home. sports where you least expect it. The sport, um, of, the sport of waking up. The sport of putting one foot in front of the other every day. The sport of doing your best, of which I have an honorable mention. That's a little, that's a purple ribbon that everyone gets. I also like that, that the 
the sports trivia is getting increasingly difficult and that we have no clues in this one. We sort of have to fend yeah, for ourselves. There's really, I, I can see the Googling, Googling in your eyes. I feel, I, I <laughs> literally admitted to Googling as I was, but none of it's making sense. Not only is there Googling in my eyes, I don't understand what I'm reading. So you, you answer blindly and then I'll try to make sense of some of the Googling. So we're talking, we're talking the Euro Cup. We're talking football, right? Football. Um, I'm going to say Man City. I'm going to say Manchester City. No further comments. Or Arsenal. <laughs> okay, it says here, there's a lot of different matches, and it says Roma beat the young boys. But how hard could it be to beat the young boys? They're, they're little kids, I assume. So yeah, I'll just go with Roma, because they're beating up on against on a, a s- bunch of little boys. They're on a streak. They're on a streak. Um, I guess I'll also... Ro- okay, you do Roma, and I'm actually... For one more week, I'm just going to stick with the Razorbacks, just because I feel like they've yeah, been getting feels, a lot of flack, but I right. think give them a chance. Um, the next, uh, <laughs> uh, our 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 next caller is uh, anonymous number one twenty two, ever closer to that big number two hundred, and also one thousand. Uh. Hi Hannah, hi Will, love last week's podcast with Rob as your guest star. Three were really, really good together. I really liked this week's episode of Parks and Rec, especially, I guess you would say they're the B stories, all the various breakups on Valentine's Day, uh, April and her boys, uh, Leslie and Justin, and the inevitable breakup of Anne and Mark. But I guess my favorite part of it is just that look that April gives uh, Anne and Anne gives April when uh, when Andy dedicates the song to April. Uh, so I'm just curious as to what your favorite little interchange is in this wonderful episode. She's into the glances. Also, to be clear, Mark and Leslie, uh, Mark and Anne still together. Yeah, technically, technically, technically still but together. it is inevitable. I do but agree. Um, but I'll add their souls. No longer intertwined. Maybe never intertwined. Maybe no soul bond. Um, I at mean, all. we know what my favorite. My favorite is Leslie and Ron sitting together, and Ron just knowing exactly why Leslie doesn't like the guy she's dating. Yeah, just getting it. That's a good little interchange. Um, I think I I like the in terms of the blocking of the actors. I think it. I think this would be described as a classic sandwich. Um, I like the moment where April is standing behind the the fan um, who who says, you know, if she was how how many years younger, 15 years younger, 50 years younger, 150, 150 years younger, just just a spirit, a spirit in the realm of of the spirit realm. Um, I yeah, I, I like I like. April sort of waiting to meet the band afterwards and then um, having a giggle. All the yeah, uh, every I also, April look. Honorable mention though. Everyone gets one. Yeah. Two honorable mentions. Um, wow, I'm really increasing. I'm also looking up how many years younger she said. Um, uh, two honorable mentions. One uh, would have to be Justin and Tom sitting there and Tom mirroring Justin. That's another good move interchange. By move. 
second honorable mention is our um is the two old ladies uh who uh, approach Ron as Duke Silver and Ron goes I don't know who you're talking about and they leave so heartbroken yeah we have we haven't had anyone um you know sharing descriptions of bonus features recently but I do I hope in my heart of hearts that those ladies oh. get the autograph that they deserve um, and 50 I hope that years younger. I hope that Duke Silver does the right thing. Fifty years. That makes sense. I hope Duke does. Um, thank you, Mom, for calling in. Those are our voicemails. But we're gonna pop over to email. We're not gonna read all of them today, but we will read two. And our first one will 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 read. Say that fifty Imagine times. Imagine living fast. living as a will. Oh man! <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Mom it's and Dad. It's called "What If" by <laughs> Caitlin Mink. Caitlin says, "What if?" Hi, Hannah. Will. And Rob, sorry, Caitlin, Rob's not here anymore. <laughs> uh, long-time listener, first-time emailer. What woo, if first-time emailer. We'd sorry. like to give them a woo. Uh, Caitlin says, what if Andy's Survivor audition tape had gotten him on the show? Would he have won and ever taken the shoeshine job and, and met April? Would he have been medevaced, falling into some sort of pit? Would he have given up his necklace to Natalie Bolton? Would he have moved to LA after the show? Would he still be with Anne? A lot of what ifs, Caitlin. So many. Love you, Caitlin. To me, it's obvious he gets medevaced. Yeah. Immediately. He steps off the boat, falls, breaks every bone in his body. <laughs> so after he gets medevaced, he decides to go back on Survivor for a second chance season. But he's accidentally on Deal or No Deal. He doesn't win any money, and he ends up with April still. I do like the idea of Andy on dealer to no deal again getting mixed up and thinking that it's survivor and trying to play really a really strong like social game when all he has to do is guess uh briefcase. the briefcase yeah it's pretty yes. fun <laughs> thank you so much caitlin mink for emailing in please let this first time emailer become many emails what if that happened we'd be happy <laughs> you taking number two i'd love to take it I'd away love to. Uh, Lindsay Wilson writes in, hi, from Lindsay Wilson. Hi, Hannah and Will. I'm loving the show so much and having Rob on made it even more amazing. But mostly I'm writing to say that Will saying he picked which team to root for based on picturing a fight between a cat and a feral hog made me laugh so hard. I see why you chose this email now, Will. It's all just a compliment to your joke. <laughs> also, I can't wait for Valentine's Day next week. Andy singing to April and April telling the old people how cute they are. Perfection. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Lindsay. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad I made someone laugh. <laughs> and honestly, you nailed it. The mascot fight thing. Keep treat yourself to that little mental picture because it's a gift that keeps keeps on giving. You know, every matchup. It just makes sports. Something that I can that I can really enjoy gives me something to imagine while I'm watching sports. I can't recommend it highly enough. Yeah, we will keep reading your emails, but we've got some new five star reviews, which are it's really the best way you can, you know, write into the podcast because we'll definitely read it on air. It helps us on Apple Podcasts, and now you could be entered in our special raffle. So our, we're going to read two five star reviews this time and keep going. So if you don't hear yours this time. Don't worry. We're coming to read your reviews. 
Our first review is from The Seth, and it's called Pizza, Never Heard of It. I give this pod five stars and 5,000 candles in the wind. <laughs> great listen for anyone who loves Parks and Rec. Hannah and Will are great hosts. Give it a subscribe and enjoy. Thanks so much, The Seth. Also, please do give it a subscribe. <laughs> How, how'd you find it if you're not already subscribed? What a, and tell your what friends to subscribe. <laughs> And then send in their five-star reviews, and you'll get entered in the raffle again. Thanks, the Sess. We have another five-star review from Claire Louise Merman, uh, who says, Great show. My friend turned me out of this podcast, and she has amazing taste in pop culture. Plus, what's not to love about Parks and Rec? That is Tell us about this a good friend. question. Yeah. <laughs> this is a Claire good, Louise, thank good you. review. It leaves a lot of questions, a lot to talk about, a lot to think about. Thank you for all the stars. Thank you. Um, keep, keep doing those five-star reviews. Keep screenshotting them to us. We can't wait to do an expert segment with one of you. We're so excited. This has been a really fun raffle. Uh, we got a lot of cool stuff coming down the slide. (laughs) A lot of Um, exciting things. Doing that thing where you, you know, you're swinging and you jump off the top of the swing. Thank you so much, as always, for making it to the end of the podcast. We had our earlier hashtags. Just hashtag happy belated birthday, Will, if you've made it all this way. Because Will's birthday is Saturday, which means it's in the future. It will be in the past, but it's still something to celebrate. Or, you know what? I'll take an early birthday for next year. Um, but regardless, it has been it's been so nice spending, spending time with you all. <laughs> um, happy December. It's Sagittarius season. Let's go out and what's that mean? I don't know. I don't know. I thought I could get away with it. (laughs) I'm always going to ask. I think something with a centaur, something with. um, If you know what Sagittarius is, mom, what time was I born? What time was I born, mom? (laughs) I think it's like three oh five. I think it's sometime in the morning. I'll yeah, I'll come back with a with a more accurate star chart, but I I need some more details. (laughs) I just need a little more time. Let's end this thing by singing happy belated birthday to Will. Sound off with your happy birthdays in the comments below. All right, let's edit in some birthday sounds. <laughs> See you next time. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>